0: Hey, I'm Roberta Plevins and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked and the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates as we debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, frauds, scams, and multi-level marketing. Join us for a month of holiday magic with the stories and guests that you've been asking for. Happy holidays, Huns. Hey, Hunbots and Hunbros. We are back with another episode in our month long of Holiday Magic. Today, we're taking it back to our roots and we are doing a story about Amway. You guys ask all the time for Amway stories. And every time we have an Amway story, so many more people reach out and say, oh my gosh, I have more to add. I'm really hoping that this happens this time because next year, I am going to be doing a focus on Amway. We're going to be diving into the cases. We're going to be diving into that 1979 case against the FTC. And I want to tell lots of stories about Amway next year. So if you have a story about Amway that you want to share, something that we haven't told yet, if you are like an old school Amway person that was there a really long time ago, or maybe your parents were, I want all the Amway stories we can get. If you have Neutralite stories, even better. But I think you're really going to enjoy this episode with Megan. We talk about the commodification of friendships, and we talk about the feral generation of Gen Z. I also want to give you a content warning that we do talk about death in this episode. And I also want to give you guys a little fun fact. So in this episode, Megan and I talk about what helped her get out of Amway because she literally left this year. And one of the biggest things for her was my episode with Sean Munger about the Amway Tools cult. Uh, And interestingly enough, the Amway Tools Cult was our number one episode on our Spotify Wrapped. It is literally the gift that keeps on giving, and I am so excited to bring this episode to you guys today so that we can get back to a little bit of those MLM roots and start focusing on the Amway stories for next year. So again, if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what, I've got an Amway story and I have been meaning to email her, this is your sign. Email me, please. Please. Please help me with my Amway focus in season four and let's make an episode together. Also, anybody who loves this episode and wants an update on Megan, she will be joining us on the Patreon on Saturday to have a little AMA and a little catch up from what she's been doing even since this episode was recorded because we record far in advance. I believe we recorded this in the summertime. And so Megan let me know when I emailed her to let her know that her episode was coming up, that she has updates and she wanted to update me. And so I invited her on the Patreon. So if that is something that is interesting to you, you can go ahead and join. We will be live for top tier and it is there evergreen for everybody else. So if you want to make an update, make sure you check that out. And without further ado, enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. We have another Amway episode. You guys love them. Every time there's an Amway episode that's published and is listened to, there's always somebody in my inbox within a couple days saying, I have something to add. So this week, actually, I had two different people. One was a phone call, and one is this email from our guest today, Megan. I want to welcome you to the show.
1: Thanks, Roberta.
0: Yes, and your email was about how you essentially decided to grow up, and we're not talking about from a child, we're talking about as a young adult, grow up into your adult life in Amway. And so it was very interesting to me. We've had people come on the show before that had started young, but I really want to focus on your story about what happened to you and you actively choosing to like really come into your own and come into your adult life in Amway. So again, I just, I want to say welcome to the show and let's talk about where you were in 2009 that led you to joining Amway as a young adult.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I think I was where most of us who were 20 in 2009 were just, I don't know what I'm going to do. Seeing some different economic things happen, you know, in politics and just all these things we were like, I just remember thinking, I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I have big dreams and I can't wait to show the world what I've got. So, you know, I actually had just left a job that I had at a catalog for a famous brand and I was just, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And I was still living at home because I was in college and I was actually studying engineering at the time thinking I know everything. And that thought of, I've got the world on my string, so to speak, that thought is kind of led me to being open to something like Amway. I have a friend who we're still friends to this day. I will not say a bad thing about them because they're just amazing people. And I'll explain a little more about how I know that. But a friend reached out to me and we've been friends since we were 12. And he was like, Hey, you know, got this exciting opportunity. And not having been exposed to the way the world works with certain things like MLMs, I was really pumped. I was like, okay, this is cool. He's got some mentorship. He's got people that, you know, I can kind of get in with and understand, you know, the whole spiel. And so he basically brought me out to a meeting and I remember what I wore to the meeting. (laughs) And I just looking back now, I'm like, why did I go? But at the same time, I've learned so much that I'm excited to share.
0: Yeah. Well, what did you wear to that meeting?
1: So I wore a, like a a paradise blue tank top. It's like something you'd see maybe in in Hawaii or something, but then like this sheer shirt over top. And it has like this little bow that comes with it. It it was just so 2009. (laughs) 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 And then these like just black trousers, but, you know, trying to look the part, but still not. I I was so very obviously 20.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, it falls in line with the sort of like elevated wardrobe of an IBO in Amway. They always seem to just Be dressed to like, like they're going somewhere right after this. That's much fancier than where we are right now.
1: Right, right. Nine times out of 10, they're just going back to their, you know, apartment without a TV. (laughs) (laughs) I laugh because it's true. Yeah. Anyway, let's continue. It's so true. Yeah. So, I mean, at first I was extremely skeptical. I was like, this seems wrong. This doesn't know. And so honestly, I stuck around for a while to prove that something was wrong with it wow. (laughs) But the danger with that is that they eventually get you. You're around long enough, they get you.
0: Right. You're around long enough. And some of those platitudinous buzzwords and that bullshit starts to like make sense. And you're like, oh my God, I never thought about it like that. But you do make a great point.
1: And they definitely play to your ego in saying like, not everybody is willing to do what you're doing. I'm going to do what other people aren't willing to do so I can live a life that other people won't live. And it's like, Yeah. On one hand. Yeah. Like, you know, I understand actual business takes that, but peddling this and targeting people doesn't take that. Right. There's a reason people don't want to do it. (laughs) It's not just I'm lazy. It's that this isn't right.
0: No. So you're 20 years old. You go to one of these meetings, you check it out, you decide to stay around and join. Now is this, are you still going to meetings before you join? Yeah. You haven't joined yet, but you're looking for a red flag.
1: I'm looking for a red flag. And then eventually I find a little bit of a semblance of friendship. Okay. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is the the friend that I didn't know I needed. And yeah, no, (laughs) that's another long story. That was not what I needed. But yeah, I was sticking around to find something wrong with it. I went to meetings. I went to events basically for about eight months before I actually got started.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because at the time I was kind of broke, you know, I was 20, I was in college and I don't know, I wasn't that good with money at the time. So,
0: so for you to keep going back eight months in a row, was it the friendships that you were forming that kept you like excited to be to the next meeting?
1: Yeah, I had never... I don't know. I like to keep to myself if I see that there's like a lot of noise or riffraff, it feels like. So I don't feel the need to get involved in the middle of all of the loudest groups of people. I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to do me and I'm happy. And whatever friendships happen naturally from there, it's great. But getting into this team, there was a girl who ended up being my upline who was just like, you know, cheerleader, mean girl kind of thing. But she was nice to me. So I thought, oh, I, I need to be friends with this person. Yeah. And so, you know, I was actually chasing something I never had by chasing a friendship with her. Wow. Okay. So that's part of what kept me around and the fact that I trusted my friend who told me about it because we had known each other at that point for already eight years and we were close.
0: So who did you end up signing up under? The friend you had known that had introduced you or the new friends that you had met at the meetings?
1: So the friend who introduced me was, they were very strict about who you sign up under. Okay. Okay. So whoever told you about it, that kind of thing. All right. But the the one who I was referring to before, she and her husband had sponsored my friend.
0: Okay. So
1: they're still your upline. They were, yeah.
0: So in Amway, that's okay. You're allowed to talk to your upline and you're allowed to talk to your downline and you can't cross line. Right. So <laughs> even you being friends with her fell in line with the LOA and the sponsorship and everything that you were supposed to be a part of anyway.
1: Right, right. Maybe strategic,
0: probably strategic,
1: right? (laughs) I like to think everybody gets started with good intentions. But then somewhere along the line, they've got to know that they're targeting people and love bombing them. And I actually learned that term through your podcast, because I was like, what is that? Like, why are they suddenly friends with you? And then when you leave, it's like you never existed. Your life is garbage.
0: The love bombing in MLM even goes one step further with like large group. And this can happen in any sort of large groupy culty thing. But then we call that swarming where you're getting love bombed at every angle. So it's like not just your upline, it's your downline. I mean, not an Amway, it's cross lines unless you're up high enough to, you know, but it's that swarming of everybody coming, like all those downlines, everybody saying, oh my gosh, you're so great. We're so happy you're here. It's so great to have you on the team. And it's just, it's so much.
1: Mm -hmm. And you feel
0: like, oh my God, I finally found people who understand and appreciate what I have to offer.
1: Right. You think so. (laughs) It's what you have to offer in terms of who you can bring onto the team, who you can sell the opportunity to. Right. I learned that the hard way because I don't know, I've always been taught just like, I have the best mom. I was raised you know, really well and with a loving home And, you know, I've always been taught that if somebody's a real friend, they'll care about every aspect of your life. And so whenever I would talk about, like, passion projects or things that I love, it would kind of be like, oh, well, you can do that when you're free. You can, you know, work on that more when you're free. Just imagine. Right. Like, sometimes things can't wait.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. There's always that in MLMs, Colts, and any sort of high demand, there's always that carrot that we're always chasing. And even when we get the carrot, once you get to that carrot, you realize, oh my gosh, there's another carrot right after this carrot. Right. And it's this always constant chasing of something that's just slightly out of your grasp.
1: Yeah, it is. And I love goals. Like I actually am doing something that is legitimately my own business now. Like, It's me, not a contract for somebody else that they can just cut off. So I'm all for chasing goals. It's good. And it's good that we grow. But it's not good that you grow in a shame spiral because that's all it is. I remember not hitting goals before and then getting that look of like, you didn't do enough. And then people would act like they're so revolutionary and saying in like these night owls, like which would be the meeting after the meeting. They would act like they were so revolutionary and saying like, well, maybe you're just not doing enough or like having these blanket statements that are just so negative when you think, oh, I needed that gut check because then there'd be somebody behind them saying, oh, thanks for that gut check, you know, whatever their name is. Right. But it's like, it's not a gut check. It's literally an insult because you are doing the work, but you're in a system that's broken that all you can do is just not enough. Like everything is not enough. And especially the environment where I was, it was extremely toxic in the end to where nothing was enough. It didn't matter anymore that, you know, your upline had built this, built the area. That's another story. But it it didn't matter anymore that the 14 years that you had been with the team that you had put your your time, your money into, it, it doesn't matter anymore because you're not contributing to them getting to the next thing that they want. Right. It's just like not enough anymore. It's disgusting.
0: So you said 14 years, which is a long time. It's a very long time to be in an organization like that. That puts you at leaving this year, Mm -hmm. 14 years. And so we're going to get to that because I'm very interested in what got you to that conclusion and and what brought you here today. But we're going to go back in time, 14 years to those first couple months when you joined, when you actually joined you're an IBO, you've signed up, you paid your money. What LOA did you join? Leadership Team Development. Okay. And so I feel like most of us have heard at least a few Amway episodes that we know an LOA stands for Line of Affiliation and Leadership Team Development is also LTD. We've talked about, it, it comes up. So we're learning the cult speak of Amway in each episode, but there's always somebody new. So I just wanted to preface that really quick. So you're in Leadership Team Development. Who is like the founder of that LOA? Larry Winters. Larry Winters. Okay. He is pretty well known. He's not like Bill Britt or like Dexter Yeager known, but he's pretty well known. So the beginning of the month, you have to purchase dittos in Amway because it's just easier to do at the beginning of the month than the end of the month because that's when you have money, right? Right. (laughs) So how much did you have to purchase in those first couple months?
1: I actually didn't purchase much. So there was a lot of pressure for me to be at 150 points, which equates to about $450. But I was not, like I said, I wasn't that great with money. So the little bit that I did bring in, I was, you know, I wasn't ready to do that.
0: So those first couple months, that's when you're asked to reach out to your hot market, your war market, your friends, your family. What was that like?
1: It was awkward. It was really awkward. In fact, I didn't want to reach out to my closest friends and family yet. And now understanding why I was ashamed of it. But at first I was just, I want to get some practice with people that I just know a little bit, not super close with. I did try that and, you know, never enough. But I was having a hard time making any sales. And I wasn't really sure why. My mom, thankfully, was like, yeah, I'll try these products. She wasn't huge fan of the opportunity as a whole, but she supported me. So she wasn't gonna rain on my parade. But she was like, you know, yeah, I'll I'll definitely try some things. And then a few months later, my best friend tried some things as well. So, you know, I thought, Oh, good, I finally made a sale. But that stuff's hard to sling. It really is.
0: (laughs) Right. And just like a sale here or there, like every couple months, like is not sustainable at all.
1: Right? It's not. And I wasn't I found it so weird to go out and make friends with the goal of selling them something like I just hate that I literally when I go to like Sam's Club or wherever I will walk the perimeter of the store to avoid the AT&T salesperson in the middle.
0: Yeah, that's a good (sighs) thing because I'm pretty sure that's an MLM too. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like Smart Circle and Sidcore or Vector like all those things. So those are all MLMs as well. In their own way. Yeah. So it's a good thing you avoid them. It's the same vibe, right? It really is. It reminds me of being at the carnival and like walking down the Midway and like having people bark at me to like, you know, knock milk bottles down or something. I'm just like, I'm not interested. Please leave me alone.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think people, especially now, like I'm a millennial. So from my experience in trying to recruit Gen Zers, they're all aware they're so aware. They're like, no, this isn't right. And I'm, you know, the last several months, which we'll probably get there, but I was like, I can feel that it's not right. Yeah, I can feel a vibe when I walk into a room, you know, I'm like, either it's not a good place or it is. And you know, when you talk to somebody, you can feel that they're just like, I'm not interested. Yeah. Even my best friend's mom, who I mean, my best friend, I've known her since we were 10. Her mom was like, we love you, but we're not interested in anything we? she just put it blatantly like that. And i was just like, I respect the crap out of that, for one. But you know, when you try to like recruit people or talk to them about products, you can just feel that wall come up. And a lot of times I never understood why, but I kind of do now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So before we get into the adventure of the feral generation known as Gen Z, like, I love you guys, you're great. Let's talk about those first couple years we talked about the beginning talking reaching out to your family but you stayed for 14 years so we know that something happened between your friend and your mom being like i guess i'll try some stuff into where we are now so let's talk about the culty stuff the pressure the gaslighting all of the manipulation that you experienced in those years
1: that's a (laughs) that's like pandora's box right there. there there's a lot I mean, honestly, I stuck around because of the friendships, because it wasn't just the person who sponsored me. It was like everybody. We honestly, we were tight for a while and there were several really great years and I was learning a lot and I was learning things that I wasn't learning in college. Like, you know, I will give them that they are good at teaching people how to actually, you know, speak to others, how to be effective in certain things. I didn't like the application of it, but that is what it is. You know, there were several really great years. I made a lot of great friends and it was a good place. I think things kind of took a turn when I had a friend who was a cross line and that's a sin. Oh my gosh. Don't have a cross line friend. We were pretty close.
0: I mean, ultimate sin in Amway is talking to your cross line. Yeah. Which is so weird.
1: Because then you'll rot somebody else's tree. <laughs> like, come on. It's like, if I'm learning what you're teaching me, how am I going to rot somebody else's tree? It's just, it's stupid. But I had a very good friend who, I mean, still to this day, I, I, he basically, he ended up passing away in a car accident. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us went to the funeral. We felt like a family for a minute. But then everything kind of turned around after that because not even two weeks after he passed and he had been on the team for several years, it was just back to business as usual. It was as if nothing mattered anymore as far as like him. And so they would, as always, anytime there's any crisis in someone's life, they would use it as more like collateral for doing the next thing. Like, oh, he would want us to hit this goal. And it's like, actually, I know for a fact he just hung around because he loved the people that he was working with. And sometimes you actually end up meeting someone that you do work with. I believe things happen for a reason. So just like I needed the people that I was working with for a time, he needed those people in his life. And so there are still some really good people that are just in the wrong arena. Absolutely. But after that, it kind of got sour- And I felt disconnected, but yet I was still connected to other people, just not, it wasn't that team environment anymore. And so I'm not one to just like leave stuff if it starts to get hard or whatever. And so there was a time for a while I wasn't like really doing any volume, any PV, and I was just kind of a wallflower, still in a good environment, so to speak.
0: Right. Well, if you're Having moments and times where you're not making any money, and statistically, that's right on par with Amway. Do you have a full time job outside of this when you're doing Amway on the side?
1: Yeah, so for a while I was in school, okay, and then I had left, I was working, and then I went back into school. And then there were these like times where people would just talk so, like, with such distinction, and like, I'm so convinced of what I'm saying that you would then feel persuaded, and so. There was a time in all of that. I ended up quitting school. I left in the middle of a semester and I was in a pretty good program. Not to say it was going to be a big moneymaker for me, but I, you know, I was honestly scared of being an adult. So I was like trying to stay in school as long as I could. But the other end of that is I was also spending money in Amway that I thought I was going to be broke. For a long time if I did have to go face the real world
0: ah, because
1: I was broke in Amway.
0: (laughs) And you're living off student loans. Yeah. So you're getting student loans as a continuing student because you can just push the payment if you're still a student. Right. And you're living off of your student loans while you're in school and also using that money on
1: Amway. A little bit of it. I I wasn't that crazy person who's like, I'm just going to go to school so I can get a check to then spend it on Amway. Although we heard stories of people doing that. They never stopped telling us stories of people doing that.
0: Like that's the worst loan to get if you're going to dump it into Amway. It is. Yeah. That's just, ugh, I mean, I don't want to give anybody any financial advice. And this is horrible financial advice, but just a credit card, just a 0% interest for the year credit card would be the one that you would... Uh, protect yourselves, you guys. I Don't... <laughs> yeah. Like, I think I'll get the highest loan I could ever get, <laughs> worst interest rate, and then dump it into Amway. Oh, man, that's horrific.
1: Yeah. Whew. yeah. Thank
0: goodness you weren't doing that 100% in just a little
1: bit. Right. Yeah. It would just be like, oh, I need some more makeup or whatever. Nothing extravagant, honestly. And I'm really grateful for that because I had to pay those student loans. That wasn't fun. <laughs>
0: I'm curious if there's anybody listening who does have a lot more student debt than they need because they dumped it into something like Amway. If you're listening, you should email me.
1: (laughs) That'd be a very interesting follow-up to this. Yeah. And no shame if they did. I mean, some of the things can be very persuasive.
0: Oh, absolutely. We're laughing with ourselves. Exactly. Or, you know what I mean? We're all here. We're all telling the joke. We've all been there. So we're not laughing at you. We're laughing with each other because I can relate so bad on so many of these things. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so your friend passes away. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I've heard horrible things like if you're going to miss something for Amway, it better be for a funeral and it better be your own kind of thing. So right. horrific that that was something that happened. And that there was a lot of Amway people at the funeral. There were. Now, the friends that were close, that were still dealing with the trauma of losing their friend, like you said, like a couple weeks later, it was business as usual. Mm -hmm. Was that feeling of like, I'm not really ready to move on yet? Was that pretty unanimous through that group of friends?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, the reason that one of my downline quit was because I later found out Everything just moved on so quickly. She was also close. And it was like, I mean, it was horrific. And then to make everything worse, so the guy who passed away, he had a friend who had stuck around for a while. And then they also had a mutual friend who had stuck around for a while. Now, the mutual friend passed away five months later. Oh, man. And so the friend who was there, both of her two best friends, who I was also friends with, had passed away. And they didn't do much for that friend. Like, I don't know what they did as far as, like, upline, downline stuff. I wasn't there because, again, that's crosslining. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, she was absolutely devastated, as you can imagine. But nothing as a team was done to help her knowing that was her sponsor and her, like, her best friend. And two of them passed. Like, I just don't understand how somebody can take it so lightly and act like it didn't happen. So it just makes it all worse.
0: It really goes to show you that in these cults and scams that you are really just a number. You're really just a dollar sign, a name, a brick, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like they just say, Oh, okay. Well, that person's gone by. Anyway, got to move on. There's no room For healing and nuance and taking time. We've talked about it before. There's no HR departments in multi-level marketing companies. There's nobody that you can go to and say, Hey, I need some time off. There's no protections for anybody like that. When travesties and tragedies happen and it proves everything. Like it just, the way that they treated somebody in their organization who passed away. And we've heard these horrible stories from other MLMs where they Distance themselves, or they just like, yeah, just erase them from the website or just move on as if these people don't exist. It really is proof that they don't care about you. They don't care about you at all. And it is horrific that we have to find out this way, right? Do they really care? Someone passes away. Oh, no, they don't really care. That's what it takes for people to start waking up. Like you said, the way that this was handled was enough to start that process, that deconstruction process from, I don't think I want to be a part of this anymore for a friend. And it's really sad because I don't see MLMs ever changing. I've heard too many stories about similar things happening and MLMs all across the spectrum acting the exact same way. We don't care. Oh, so sorry. Here's some roses. Here's an edible arrangement. The end. Moving on. And it's it's really just a testament to how disgusting these quote companies are in the end
1: yeah 100 percent. i've healed a lot obviously it's been a long time but i don't know that i'm over it how do you if you really love somebody how do you just get over it like that never and they throw the i love you around all the time but it's like no you don't the
0: pain never goes away it just gets easier to manage on the daily just easier right and then through healing the memories that used to make you cry are the memories that make you laugh and smile once you're on the other side of it. So it's tough. And it's so sad that a part of an LOA had to like, go through this with very little support at all, from their leaders, or even from the company. It's just it's really heartbreaking. It was not handled properly. Yeah. And that's a really unfortunate thing.
1: Yeah. And my downline who quit was once I basically told people that I left Amway My downline who had quit that was also close to this friend, she was telling me all about how she felt. She's not over it. And I mean, she's married with kids now. She's, you know, everybody's moved on with their lives, but it doesn't just go away. No. But they're like, it's the attitude of, I don't want to hear the details. I don't care about your feelings. Just, you know, go sponsor the next person. Right. Which is exactly the vibe I got from leadership. Wow.
0: It's so heartbreaking. Yeah. So when did you start having questions? When did you start seeing red flags that you couldn't bury and compartmentalize?
1: I mean, I saw those red flags after my friend's funeral, of course, but the ones that I couldn't really bury, ugh, that's a good question. I think it was probably a couple years ago or so because there was like a diamond celebration. I'm sure you're familiar with that diamond pin. It's like. <laughs> Like, oh, I am amazing, you know, which I mean, if it were an actual business, that'd be a great feat. I'm sure it's difficult. Like I'm not going to undermine, you know, people's efforts, but there's a big but there at the same time, we had like a celebration in 2019 where a lot of people went diamond and I was like, okay, this is awesome. And then obviously with 2020 things kind of stalled, but then the next year there were like more and more and it was always like there was more and more. But I knew that Larry and his leadership, they were growing tired of not having more diamonds. They even said that. And, you know, I Larry was always so candid on stage. At least I thought so. There's a lot to find out that he was hiding. But they would talk about like, it's time we have more diamonds. And, you know, they would make the call of we have to have 100,000 in 2024 and they're going to be it. I know a hundred thousand people like not at the rate they're leaving. I'm not gonna rain on anyone's parade, but I uh uh-uh, uh no. <laughs> but they want to have their diamond celebration, have a hundred diamonds on the team by 2024, which coincidentally is just one year from now that, that celebration is going to take place at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, and they're like, we're going to fill that stadium. I'm like, that's a big ass stadium. <laughs> okay. But I started after all of these diamonds, I kept being more and more. I was like, I don't feel the growth that they're talking about. They always like to say a rising tide raises all ships. It's like, I don't feel this growth. And it's not, I'm not the problem. I'm not the problem because I was consuming the audios. I was consuming the books. I could teach anybody anything out of any of the books. And I was like, I'm not the problem. I think the problem is the icky things we have to do in order to make this work. I later found out through some sources that they were actually just implanting these diamonds. They weren't actually qualifying.
0: Well, because in Amway, you only have to hit the rank once to be able to call yourself that rank forever. Mm -hmm. So you only have to hit diamond once. And yes, it's hard, right? Because you got to like Q12 platinum, you got to be like an emerald and all these things like Steve explained it pretty good, but still confusing you got to do a lot of things to even hit diamond, but you only have to hit it once. Then you can let it all fall. Right. And you're still a diamond and you're still getting paid in the tool scam as a diamond. Mm-hmm. You might not have the sales of a diamond or the organization, like the volume there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what's throwing a couple of of this bonus on some soap here and, you know, backyard qualifying or front lawn qualifying or basement qualifying or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Right. To maintain the tools bonus, which is like where the big money's coming from. So they're stacking this team with these cardboard cutout diamond people that have only hit it one time that aren't real.
1: Right. (sighs) Yeah. Because even my own offline diamond, I mean, I love them. I wish they would have reached out to me after they knew I left because I thought we were close, but even they would talk about, we've got to maintain our growth or we've got to do things to, you know, grow the team. And you'd see at team meetings, like this isn't as many people as there were last time.
0: Right.
1: And it's like, you don't want to call them out. They even say, don't deedify your upline. <sighs> it's like, don't sass me. It's like the abusive stepfather who says, don't talk back to me. Right
0: because I said so.
1: Yeah. I don't have personal experience with that, thankfully, but (laughs) that's the analogy. Yeah. You just know that growth isn't organic. You can't say anything. You can't prove it. But yeah, I have a friend actually who was a diamond and she had actually told me a lot of things. And this is one thing that she told me. And I'm like, now I see it (laughs) looking back. Now I see it all. Right. So what was the highest rank that you hit? I had hit 600 points. And I was, of course, shamed for that. I was shamed for not yet being a thousand points. I, the believer's pin. Ooh, And mm. it's like, okay, that doesn't mean I don't have the work ethic. That doesn't mean I'm not smart enough. It's just like the whole time I, I kind of drug my feet a little bit because I was like in the back of my head, this is icky. Right. But
0: it also wasn't your full time job. You, had, no. you were going to school and you were doing odd jobs here or there. It was like yeah. something you were doing and working on the side.
1: Right. And for a while, I was actually supporting my mom too, because she couldn't work. So that was tough. Yeah, that's not easy. Honestly, looking back now, I'm like, shame on you, whoever was telling me these things that I wasn't doing enough or whatever. Because I mean, honestly, the person who told me that didn't have a good relationship with their mom, they didn't have a good parent. I mean, you know, my mom raised me by herself once my dad passed away. So I'm like, I'm of the type that I'm, I'm going to take care of my family and I'm going to prioritize the things that matter. And most of the time, family came before Amway because it had to. Right. I mean, you know, if my mom was in the hospital once and I had to miss a meeting, I missed a goal because of that. Oh, gosh, you know, that's horrible.
0: Right. Well, that's one of the things, though, is once you get deep enough into Amway, Amway is number one. Amway comes before all things before God, before family, before spouses, before your own sanity, Mm -hmm. before your own financial ruin. Amway comes before all of that stuff. If you let it, you weren't able to let it because you had so many other responsibilities that you were juggling in your life that you were like, I can't make Amway number one. I just have too many things. I mean, Being busy and not knowing what you wanted to do and being a little afraid to have to step into adulthood might have saved you from even more financial ruin down the road. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) I mean, do you know what I mean? I do. So let's fast forward to a few years. You said you were already starting to see some red flags. You had already experienced some weird, icky things that you weren't into and behaviors. What was that First, like, big crack where you started to see the light and you started thinking, uh oh, maybe I'm not in a really good situation here.
1: Yeah. So, I remember exactly it was just about a year ago. It was June of 2022. I was looking at my finances, and by that time, I graduated college. You know, I have a job, I'm making money. And I was looking at my finances and I'm like, I'm spending a thousand dollars a month in Amway. On what? On Products and on things that I thought that I needed, like vitamins and skincare, and then just piling the excess up. Which, fun fact, after I stopped drinking excess, my nails got a lot stronger.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah. They were getting brittle at the end, and I can grow really long nails, but they were getting brittle at the end. So, what were some of the
0: things that you would buy in Ditto that would make you hit like your numbers fastest?
1: So, they did something a few years ago where everything was like a a normal amount of PV
0: point for point.
1: Yeah. You used to be able to get more PV on double X Okay. on things like that. But now it's basically as if a box of double X costs $80, which it does coincidentally, you know, divide that by three and that's the amount of PV that you get. It's the same across every product now.
0: It's a third of the dollar amount. A third. So you get one PV for every $3 spent. Yep. That's shady as hell, man. I know. Oh my gosh. Okay. I know. Let's go back to the crack. Yes. Last year in June.
1: Yeah. I was looking at my finances and I was like, you know, I'm about to be thirty-four last June. I wanted to kind of understand where's my money going? I wanted to be better at money. And I was like, I'm spending a thousand dollars. Part of that is going to my ninety dollar, eighty nine ninety five with L T D. And then you know, you're spending money on uh, quarterly conferences, which the price of those went up. Turns out the diamonds and people running those can walk away with about 40 grand because they're getting the conference for super cheap, but taking it off the backs of those IBOs working really hard who are usually broke. And so, you know, spending all this money, I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I'm not getting anywhere with it. And it's not because I don't want it. I didn't actually, (laughs) I realized, but it's not because I don't want better for my life. It's because it sucks. It's not a good thing to be doing. And so I told my offline, like, look, this is just a lot for me. This is a burden. And I need to lower my monthly commitment. And he was like, of course, I, I don't want you to do anything that will, you know, put your finances at risk. So he's the friend that I have known since we were 12. And he's always been, you know, he's always given prudent advice. So he's, you know, saying stuff like, take care of your family. Don't do things that you can't afford. And if that means PV, you know, that's fine. We'll figure it out. He's always really good about that. So I appreciate him to this day because that's another thing that probably saved me. But that crack was realizing how much I was spending. And so I lowered my goal and everything was fine. The one time that the upline above him had talked to me since like maybe a year or so was right before I lowered my goal. She's like, you've been at 300 PV consistently for like a year now. What changed? And I'm like, hi, you don't know me at all, which whatever. But she, you know, was just asking me like what changed with me. And I was like, oh, you know, I didn't tell her. Oh, I just decided differently. I hadn't even told my sponsor yet that I'd made a different decision, but she asked me this and I was just like, Oh, you know, I wanted to be there and you know, whatever. I was just like, I don't know what to say because it's full crap. So, wow. Yeah. So that was the first crack.
0: (laughs) It's interesting. That's how you get communication from your uplines is you change something that eventually will affect their paycheck. And they're like, excuse me. I noticed there's a hole where there shouldn't be a hole. And you're like, Hi.
1: Yeah. (laughs) She must have had a feeling because I hadn't even made that decision yet. Really? I had made the decision. I'm sorry. I hadn't even told my upline yet. So I'm like, okay, she smells something.
0: So she just was looking on the back and noticing that you hadn't ordered your dittos and what was going on because you're a really dependable cog in my machine. Uh And for some reason, uh, you're not right now. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. Yeah, she could sniff that out really well. And, you know, she was actually already what they call free in Amway.
0: Right. Meaning that she's making all kinds of tool money.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So you miss a tool order and oh my gosh, no. Absolutely. A thing about freedom too, I'm sure you hear a lot of stories about it, but I honestly, I feel for the people who quit their jobs and went full in with Amway because they're not even their own business owner. They own a 1099 contract through a company that can cut it off at any time. Right. Which there have been some pretty serious allegations with the people who run Amway on some very serious topics that I honestly, I don't want to get, you know, slapped for. So I'm just kind of like staying out of it. But trust me, they're very serious topics. And I have a friend who went to his upline and was like, hey, I heard this. What What's going on? He was later shunned and called, you know, like mentally unstable and told people not to talk to him and his wife anymore because he was just asking questions. They basically just shut off his IBO ship. And it's like, you're going all in with something that they hold the strings. And I I realized this before I actually left. I was just like, no, this is so morbid. It's like, it's financially morbid. And I can't be part of that. But they're just so like, wait until you're free to do all this stuff. And really, they're saying, don't do anything for yourself right now. Don't do anything. Because you know, once you are free, then you are dependent on Amway, then you will be quiet about the things that you eventually learn as you go up the tree. So
0: what were some of the things that started happening once you decided to leave Amway?
1: So I had at the beginning of this year, I was thinking about potentially moving to a different state, moving out of Ohio. To be honest, I still am. I mean, I hate winter, so it'd be good to move. But I was like, if I move away, will I miss the team? I I had asked myself this seriously. And I was just completely honest with myself. It was like a therapy session with myself, but my answer was no, I would not miss the team. And honestly, that was like the damn opening for me because I was like, if I'm not going to miss the team, I don't want to spend the money. I'm not getting anywhere. It's not giving me what I was supposed to get out of this. And I'm doing the things. And like, even though I had built some really great relationships I was still like, I'm willing to risk all of that because I'm so unhappy. And so I had been deciding between January and the end of May of this year, I've got to leave. I'm just like, I've got to do it. And of course, I went through the thoughts of people are going to stop talking to me. I'm going to lose friendships. People are going to shame me. They're going to talk about me still. I was like, I've, I've got to go. And for a minute, though, I was like... I'm kind of afraid of people talking about me, but it was just a little bit. I'm a bold person, so I'm not going to just be like, oh, bye, and say nothing. I'm like, no, this is wrong and this should not be happening. So, you know, I'm not quiet about it now. And I just knew I had to go. So, actually, on June 1st, I went to a meeting. It was my last meeting. And I knew it was my last meeting too, because I went to a couple people and I'm like, we're connected on Instagram, right? And they're like, yeah. So, I was like, that, that's <laughs> that's what I need to know. And I just left. Before I officially left, though, I told my sponsor after the meeting that night, like, I've got to go. I've just got to be done. And there were things that he said that made my decision easier, not because he was a jerk. He was perfect. He was fantastic. And honestly, I, I feel for him. He's got his own story to tell. I I can't really get into that. But I'm not alone in my feelings, <laughs> basically. So, wow. Yeah, I mean. There's so much that, you know, it is honestly a personal journey for me wanting to leave after I left is when I learned about the tool scam. Oh. And so, yeah, I listened to your podcast with Sean Munger and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And I made a friend with someone who was a diamond and she actually was like, yeah, this is actually all correct. This is absolutely correct.
0: You know, what's funny is, you know, how I mentioned that I had talked to someone else this week on the phone. Yeah. They also said that they had listened to that exact episode. Yeah. And that's how they found me and connected me. They were like, Oh my gosh, yes, this is all true. This is what's happening. So it's very interesting that Sean, excellent episode. If you guys haven't listened to it, you really need to, I will throw that in the show notes. Sean is the gift that keeps on giving. And just the information in that episode, was a turning point for me in my education about Amway as well, where I was like, whoa. And now because I understand those two things, I'm able to see Amway-esque things in other cults and frauds and things like that, where I'm like, oh, Amway does something like that. It's very interesting. (laughs) So wow, the Tools Cult Scam episode really opened some eyes for you as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm glad I found it. It made my decision a million times easier.
0: You're like, here's the proof I needed. This is everything I needed right here in a nice bow. <laughs> like, yep, It's all packed up with facts, with audio, with commentary, done.
1: Because you can go off feelings and it's great. You know, if you have a feeling about something, intuition is correct. But then to have the facts backing it up, I was ready to throw some sheetrock. I was so mad, but happily so. Like I was just, oh my gosh.
0: The validation yeah. you must have felt in that moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Nobody gets that kind of closure. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there
0: is a lot of like active closure that comes from the show, even with me, like sometimes we'll talk about things and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> then I can connect something and have my own closure on certain things. It's a very interesting thing that we've all created here. This show in this like living document of fraudulent activity It's very interesting. So let's go back just a little bit. When you were interacting with Gen Z, because here's the thing with Gen Z like I said, they're a feral bunch. They were raised by Gen X and millennials. And so all of the pain that we had to sort of carry, I think our children saw it and they're just like, we're not here for it. (laughs) Like 100%. We see these oppressive systems. We've watched our parents cry about them. We've seen the documentaries. You're not going to get us. Gen Z. Taking a step back from multi-level marketing terrifies multi-level marketing. It has come up multiple times in their literature, in their meeting notes. They are terrified that Gen Z is not falling for this scam because of all of the people that have spoke out before, and all of the things that have come out, and all of the just the education that they have. Even if they don't know what anti MLM is, they've gotten so much education in other. Colts and frauds and scams in different realms like that, that they look and they go, oh, no, this is a scam. Like they know it. And so I'm interested in what your experience with Gen Z was trying to pitch them Amway.
1: Oh, man. It was like almost non-existent because it just didn't go anywhere. So I would go to like TJ Maxx or actually, that's a perfect example. I'd go to TJ Maxx because I love that store. But again, so do a lot of fashion forward IPOs and so <laughs> there's just like I want a deal but I want to look like I've got a good business here so I remember one time I was like not wanting to go out at all and to be honest I don't want to go out seven nights a week no I don't even want to go out one night a week to be perfectly honest <laughs> with you I want to cook dinner and be normal you know I want to go to bed before 1 a.m it's a thing you know But I was at TJ Maxx and I was talking to the person behind the counter. She happened to be like, I think, 19 or so. And I was like, you're so kind. I love that. You know, keep being nice to people or whatever I said. Like, I'm good at complimenting people and good at making friends. But I don't even remember the stuff that I would spew because it was just like fake compliment because I had been trained to do that. But now that I'm real again, I'm like, you know what? If I don't want to compliment somebody, I'm not going to. (laughs) <laughs> I don't like your hair, sir. <laughs> you know, whatever.
0: <laughs> I do not like your hat. Good day. Right.
1: Yeah. I don't... <laughs> but I don't feel pressure to compliment everybody I see anymore. So that's good. But I told this girl, like, you're very kind. I appreciate that. And I used that as, like, oh, you know, let's talk more. But basically, I was asking her if she would be interested. I was saying the whole Thing. And honestly, I did it so much, but I happily forgot most of what I had said. But I would say, like, I work with a team of young entrepreneurs, blah 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 blah. And those young entrepreneurs, it's funny, they stayed young from two thousand nine to twenty twenty three. Like they're still the same young entrepreneurs, are just in forty year old <laughs> bodies now. <laughs> oh man! But you know, I was telling her all the things and asked her if she would be interested if she ever keeps her options open. Is one of the things. Oh yes. And she was like. She gave me that look. She's like, I like money, but I don't know about that. And I was like, oh, I understand. You know, I was just trying to act like it didn't bother me. But inside, I remember thinking, good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're asking the questions I wish I had asked. Like, what is it? What do you do? What do you sell? You know, things like that. So it's like she already knew what to ask. And there were times where, you know, just like the last couple of years, I didn't make it past just contacting people because I was like, I don't, I'm feeling like I, I'm not into this. I'm just, and it wasn't because I was uncomfortable. You know, you feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you're afraid of stuff in life and you have to do it anyway, but this is not one of those things. It was just grossly uncomfortable. Like I know what I'm doing to people. I don't want to do it anymore. Right. And that interaction at TJ Maxx stuck out to me because she was just like. She was really kind, but she's like, I don't know. It doesn't sound right. <laughs> I mean,
0: I'm sorry that you had to have that cringy experience, but I'm so happy that she was asking questions and yeah. being sort of standoffish about it and being like, I don't know, this seems like a red flag. I need more information. That's exactly what everybody should be doing. And it is so amazing that someone who what you said, like she was like 19
1: yeah,
0: is doing that. Yeah, is saying, wait a second, I read about stuff like this on Reddit. (laughs) Like, I have some other additional questions for you. I love hearing that because I see it. I've experienced it. You know, I see it in the comment sections of people. Like when I make videos, they're like, I blah, 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 blah. But like to hear it from someone who was actively out there recruiting, just seeing if anybody's open to other opportunities and to get that pushback. And you also knew because you were also on the precipice of being like, i I think I'm done. Yeah. You were like, Oh God, thank God. Thank God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to bring anybody in. <laughs> like that's
0: an incredible interaction. Just, it makes me feel really good because I know there are like other anti-MLM like advocates that listen to the show that are listening to this going, yes, like we've made an impact. Yeah. The content that we're pushing out, the stories that we've made, the documentaries we've had to bear our soul in, mm-hmm. Is making an impact and is actually changing the industry. Like I said, they're terrified. They don't, they're like, "How can we market to Gen Z? We're losing them." And we're like, mm, "You know what? The anti MLM flag already got them. Boop. We were here first. Yeah. And we are protecting these people. And it is just, I just love to see the years of work that the movement has put in action in a story that showed up on this show. Like it's a." F- full circle moment (laughs) for me right now. Like I'm just, I'm smiling so big. I'm like, I feel so bad that you guys shut down, but oh my God. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Don't feel bad at all. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel really bad. I just feel like, there was a little bit of like,
1: Oh, cringe for sure. Cringe.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. That's amazing.
0: So you leave, you're out. How's life been? What month was it that you left? You said June, June. So you've only been out like
1: not even six months. Right.
0: So you're still processing so much.
1: I am. Emotionally, I've been out for a year. (laughs) But wow. Yeah, I am still processing a lot. I'm trying to give myself grace to heal.
0: Yeah. Finding answers to questions you didn't know you had. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Your show has been amazing for that. Oh,
0: good. Thank you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hearing other people's stories. I mean, it's just been It's so necessary because when you leave that MLM world, you feel like you're alone because everything you knew was sucked into that. And if it wasn't part of Amway, it's not part of your life or whatever. Yeah. Which is so unrealistic, but everything that you know is that. So you feel like you're alone. And so as I was leaving, I started listening to your show probably in like March or so. Oh, wow. And I was like, there are people there, they're there. I was so excited because I I knew, I just knew because I know how it works. I have watched it happen so many times where people would be ostracized once they left. And before they left, you know, there would be these messages that would say like, verbal messages that they would give us like, imagine your life without the business. It's garbage, you're broke, you're going home to your crappy apartment or whatever. And it's just like, No, turn that around. Now. I mean, I have a good place to live, of course, but now I have money to decorate. Now I have money to travel, right? What I can actually like afford real food, not these bullshit bars, they sell you
0: (laughs) (laughs) bullshit bars. Yeah, well, that's the other side of your story, right? You were trapped Mm -hmm. in this like, lifetime student, I'm afraid to step out of this into the light on this other side. It's scary. I have to get a job. I have to pay bills. I have to do all these things. Mm -hmm. So how has it been stepping into the other side and and becoming an adult and like being, I know like adulting kind of sucks sometimes, but like, how (laughs) is it for you adulting in real life?
1: It's so good because I trust myself to make good decisions. And I've proven that to myself one by leaving, but also I'm like, I can handle so much now. And I'm like, I'm so happy. I'm the happiest I've ever been and I'm learning how to actually be an adult because I started adulthood in Amway and I spent 14 years of adulthood in Amway and I'm like you know what I'm learning what it means to be an adult you know the whole religion thing they use that against you in so many ways like I'm learning what my actual beliefs are right whether they intersect or not is not the point it's my beliefs aren't being used against me anymore I'm free to make decisions that I, if I want to go here on a weekend, I can, I don't have a conference I have to go to for that. It's amazing. There's like, I can't explain how much happier I am, but even my own mother was like, you are so much happier. She is like just as colorful as I am with like the gestures and stuff. She was like, oh my gosh, you are insanely happier to the, the point that it was like right now I would not recognize myself two years ago. But by that point, I had gone through so many changes that, you know, in the business that, oh, my gosh, they were so proud of me. If I did more PV, I'd get the accolades, you know. Wow. But like, I have time to take care of my home. I have time to maintain my relationships and do the things that I love to do.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, (laughs) I'm
1: free. I'm actually free. Yes, you are actually free.
0: You (laughs) should have a freedom, party and let everybody know.
1: I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 100%.
0: Well, I just, I want to say thank you so much, Megan, for coming and being so candid and talking about adulting and what you learned in and out of Amway and how you've really just grown so much. And I'm so proud of you for seeing it and for figuring it out and making the decision to leave. And I didn't know you when you were in Amway, but you seem very happy and bubbly, lots of smiles. Thank you. And you look Good. You look like you're happy. Thank
1: you. Yeah. I really am. And it's probably because I'm not using artistry anymore. It's probably part of it.
0: Sure. <laughs> I I mean, I got Sephora bags in the back that will agree with you that yeah. you don't need to use artistry by Amway. You can just, there's so many amazing brands uh-huh. to try. That's the other thing, right? Like coming out of. Because with LuLaRoe, it was just clothes. And it's been so fun for me in the last seven years, like redoing my wardrobe and like finding things in thrift stores or like partnering with brands and like trying new things or getting new pieces. Like, I love it. But like Amway sells everything. (laughs) Right, It's like what I'm experiencing times a million because you're like, oh my gosh, there's other kinds of deodorant. There's other kinds of laundry soap. I can wash my hands with liquid or a bar. This is incredible. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? Uh Like, it's like so many things. Right that you get to rediscover and like relearn because that's another thing, right? You're coming out of Amway. Not only are you learning new things, but you're unlearning old things that you were taught.
1: So many. I've so I've yeah. 14 years of notebooks.
0: Just Oh my god.
1: I haven't even touched them yet.
0: It's 100% we were in cults and we were in scams and I'm so happy that you're here on the other side and that you're joining us and that you're part of this Hunbot Hunbro crew of Life After MLM. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you. Are you ready to do some rapid fire questions? Oh, okay. One word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing. Despicable. Give me a warning to somebody who's looking to join an MLM.
1: It's a good place if you want to lose friends and lose a lot of money.
0: What is the worst MLM in your opinion?
1: Amway. They're the grandfather of all of it. it, Right? Oh, What is the
0: hardest lesson that you learned in your time in Amway?
1: Oh, that's so good. I think it's to trust my intuition because I knew. Isn't that weird that they
0: teach us to not trust it and to go the opposite way? Like, oh, that feeling. Oh, yeah. Push Uh the boundaries. But it's really just them making you make the wrong choice, calling it like a challenge.
1: It reminds me of the Nexium leader. (laughs) Yeah. Oh God, Keith. Yeah. Reminds me of him. Like just put, don't trust yourself anymore. Like mm. let it go. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying prison, Keith. Anyway, positive takeaway from your time in Amway. Oh,
1: I learned how to stand for something that matters such as this, because there can be so many voices that say like, you're going to be all alone. If you leave, you're going to be out there on your own. Nobody's going to listen to you because you used to be in Amway, but In my experience, using it as part of my story to transition my life to something else, it's been super powerful. So it's like, I mean, obviously still healing, still developing that part of my story. But it's been very helpful for me to form who I am now and who I am becoming because I am growing all the time. Yeah, um, that part they got right. <laughs> yeah. And I would be so interested to see like
0: where you are a year from now, too. And like what you have learned and what you feel. I remember in the very beginning, back when I left row, there were not a lot of people who were talking about anti-MLM or were willing to share their stories. And I remember being like, I'll share, <laughs> like totally unhealed, had no idea what I was talking about only knew that these were scams and pyramid schemes and that we needed to take them down. Like that was really, I was just fully 100% like in that anger rage part of healing. And I was like, I'll go on your podcast. So (laughs) There are some like really old podcast episodes where even I listened to it. And I'm like, this girl doesn't know what she's talking about because I'm so unhealed. But I knew that there was something in that space that needed to be told. And like, there weren't a lot of people telling it. And, You know, I was like, well, if I got to be one of the first to do it, then I just will. And I'll just sound dumb. And I'll just be like, I don't know. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And I will say, I don't know, was it five, six years out now doing so many, it's just, it's a totally different experience. You talk to me now. I don't even sound like that. that, I would just call her a girl because she was, I don't sound like that girl anymore. I'm a completely different person. I have completely different perspectives on so many things in my life. And I wouldn't change it for anything. I know I went through a lot of horrible stuff. I'm sure you probably feel the same way. It made us who we are today. It opened up a lot of doors and Pandora's boxes and windows that were rusted shut or had cobwebs in the way, and it made us face a lot of things that we were engaging in or saying or doing that were not healthy. Right. And you learned so much about yourself just in the intersectionalities of the other things you'll come across that you had to go through and during those times. And so I'm just, I feel so good about this and how great you're doing. And I I would just, I would love to keep in touch and see how you're doing a little longer down the road. And again, if you ever need anything, you can reach out to me or anybody in the anti MLM community. Everybody is really fantastic. So yeah, I just want to say thank you for coming on and having this conversation with me, because a lot of times we have these conversations, we don't know where they're going to go because that's kind of the fun in having these conversations. (laughs) And I just think that this was a really enjoyable little jot down memory lane. I really enjoyed this conversation with you.
1: Me too. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to share.
0: Well, thank you. We (laughs) really appreciated hearing it. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast or visit our website at lifeaftermlmpod.com. Life After MLM is produced by Roberta Blevins. Audio editing is done by the lovely Kayla Craven. Video editing by the indescribable RK Gold. And Michelle Carpenter is our Triple Emerald Princess of Robots. If you have a story about a cult, fraud, scam, or MLM and want to be on the show, please hit us up. We would love to help you tell your story and start your healing journey in life after MLM. See you next time, hunz.